Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. We are here, folks, episode 50, a milestone for me, another one, yet again, as you hear every 10th episode. I seem to remind myself that I'm still going and this is another milestone and I never thought I would get here. And that's true. That's 100% true. Um, my first episode that I published, I sat for many hours just debating whether I should buy the $40 premium beats song that you hear at the intro which I'm very proud of and happy I did buy because it did actually evoke the emotions that I was hoping to extract from all these wonderful sound bites that you hear every introduction. And I'm really happy to say that I still stand by that investment and hope that this continues to grow into something that you enjoy, that you get inspired by. And if you are getting inspired by it, I'd love to hear from you. You know, please let me know. You can contact me via email. Chapin at MisfitsAndRejects.com. I'd love to hear about the episode you enjoyed the most, maybe even your story. So maybe we could get you on one of the episodes or maybe even somebody that you would recommend because you have been inspired by them and their story, whether they're an expat, an entrepreneur, a traveler, an adventurer, whatever it may be. I'd love to hear from you. I'm in episode 50 right now and would just love to hear from some of the fans of Misfits and Rejects on on what they're getting from it because I know what I'm trying to convey and I hope it's working because I get a little bit of feedback from people on Facebook, which is great. Um, but I'm ready to take it to another level and I really would like to clean up the sound and just make it something that is delivered on a weekly basis that you really are impacted by and hopefully is changing a few lives out there for the better. That's definitely the goal. So for this episode, episode 50, I thought it would be fun just to kind of go back through some of the episodes that I have recorded over the last few years, give you a little bit of background on each episode and why it was significant to me. And I had sat down and thought about trying to go through every single one. And I felt that in order to give every single one the time it needed to really help you understand how significant and inspirational it was to me would take too long. So I've just decided to go through a few of them to really help you understand like where I'm drawing my inspiration from, the type of people, the type of places, why I started this. You know, I started because I was genuinely inspired by the people I met around the world, the expats I was surrounded by in the places I lived over the last years of my existence outside of America. And I just feel that to really do them justice, I need to really give you a little bit of background on some of these really inspirational people that I have encountered. And every single one inspires me in some way, shape, or form. Every person I bring on, there is an intrigue that they bring to each episode. There's something they've done within themselves, within their lives that has taken them to, to another level, in my opinion, that a lot of people I think are scared to explore. A lot of people might not yet have that motivational moment that just is they're struck by. They say that 
enough's enough. I'm ready to move on. I don't want to do this anymore. And I hope that some of the characters that I speak with strike a chord with some of you out there where you can say, I can relate to that person. You know, I'm in that type of situation or I've had that type of experience in the past or have that type of goal. And their story helps you make that decision to then go out and strive for that type of lifestyle that you really want, that you've really always strived for. So that's really why I'm doing this. I mean, I get so much from these people. It keeps me motivated on the road, doing what I love, trying to accomplish the things that I want. It's a hard road, as I've noted in the past. I'm still striving, still pushing, still doing a lot of introspection, trying to really design that life that I really want for myself. I still backpedal sometimes and have to go back to certain patterns that I don't know any better. I just only know that it's going to get me what I need in the moment to get to where I want to go. And these people, though, keep me focused, keep me hopeful, keep me moving in that forward direction as much as I can. And with that said, I mean, let's just start with episode one, Johnny McGlynn, huge inspiration of mine, friend, somebody who worked for me back in the day, early in the days of Giants Foot Surf down in Nicaragua, somebody who had a very clear path for himself, somebody who was very just unique in who he was, confident, fun, Irish. If any of you met Irish people, they're always just fun-loving people. And he was somebody who I've kept in touch with over the years and got a call from him a few years back and actually inquired about my online surf consulting service. For those of you who don't know, I do have a surf consulting service called Surf Progression Techniques, and I've been trying to help surfers progress and get past those frustrating moments that we all go through at a little bit quicker of a pace rather than staying stuck because I feel like for myself, I stayed stuck for nearly 20 years when all I really needed was someone to say, hey, think about it in this way. And that might have really helped me get to where I wanted to go a lot faster. So that's who I'm trying to be for these people is just somebody who says, hey, think about this in this way. And hopefully that switch goes off that then pushes them through to the next level or helps them accomplish that turn or maneuver that they've always been trying to accomplish and not having to just do the trial and error thing that we all have to do to some degree. But for the years that I did it, I feel like I could have got there a lot faster if somebody just would have said, hey, think about it like this or do that. And for me, Johnny McGlynn was that guy. He was doing his life in the way he wanted. He was designing it his way. He was down in Chile with his beautiful girlfriend at the time, now a wife, who was just living in a, in a caravan, cruising around Chile, surfing. He had got himself into a consulting job where he was doing what he loved, which is alternative energies, consulting big governments all over South America about how they could benefit from alternative energies such as solar, such as tidal, such as wind, and getting paid a nice little stipend just to basically consult, occasionally work a few hours a week, and basically get to live the life he always dreamed of. And I thought that was really cool. So when I told him I was coming to visit, I took a little bit of a, a note from what he was doing and adapted it basically into episode one. You know, Misfits and Rejects, that was episode one, where I felt like, let's get this on record. I'd always seen Misfits and Rejects as being like a 
movie, a screenplay, a book, and realizing like I didn't have any skills for any of those things. I couldn't sit down and write. I couldn't focus for that long. I can barely spell. And then with the microphone in my hand and all the, the equipment, because I had been doing these instructional videos for people for my surf progression techniques business online consulting service, I thought to myself, Hey, let's, let's just record this and let's see where it goes. And he was kind enough to sit with me. We were in Chile when this happened and it was great. I felt something that I had never felt before. I felt that I was on the right path. I finally had a voice in something that I really believed in. And I was giving people a voice to express themselves to others in a way that I think that we don't always get to express. You know, we always have that facade, that face in our social settings that we want people to see us as, or we want people to believe that we are. And it's natural. I mean, when you're out as a male trying to court a female, you put on a little bit of a facade or, or, or you want them to believe that maybe you're something that you really aren't in order to get their attention. And I feel like Misfits and Rejects really plays that or gives people that medium with me sitting there with them or in conversation that allows them to just be like, hey, well, this is me. This is where I'm at now. And this is real. And this isn't me trying to convince you of something. Like I'm just doing my life and designing it in the way I want. So I just want to say a big shout out to Johnny McGlynn for always just being a good sounding board for me and what I'm wanting to accomplish and an inspiration with what he's doing himself. And then as well, you know, episode three, India Reinhardt, she was my ex-girlfriend for many years down in Nicaragua, somebody I share a lot of time and a lot of love with and getting to see her develop her business, Papaya Wellness at a time when I was struggling and I was trying to find my way. And she was growing and developing this idea that she wanted to be a, a surf yoga instructor and host retreats and didn't have capital and had very little support and was just hosting these little yoga sessions on the beach. And then simultaneously meeting Carly Cheevers episode two, who I think helped her really develop the idea and grow it into what it is today. And they became partners and now have this really beautiful company, Papaya Wellness, that they include me in on. And we all co-host these really cool retreats down in Nicaragua where I come in as the surf instructor. They, they participate as surf instructors, but they more, they participate in the wellness side of things where we co-host these really awesome retreats where we're surfing, we're doing yoga, we're eating healthy. We're just like, doing all the things that we love the most. And it's been incredible, you know, I mean, and I, and hats off to her because, you know, we had this beautiful relationship for so long and it's hard sometimes when you, you, you diverge from that person, but to be able to come back and work coexist and, and leave all those egoic things aside and, and really just embrace each other for the person that you are. It's been so wonderful to experience with her because I couldn't be where I'm at today without her allowing me and her partner allowing me to come down and participate in these types of retreats with them. And so, you know, moving on from there, I've had great experiences in episode four with Dale Dagger, episode five, Brian Friedrichs, episode six, Bryce Kluklock, episode seven, Don Gomez, 
you know, all expatriates living down in Nicaragua who I share a lot of time with, a lot of moments. And, you know, Dale Dagger comes up a lot for me as one of the, my all time favorite episodes because he is such a adventure. He's such a spirit. He's such a character. He's somebody that carries a lot of weight in conversation in Nicaragua because of the time he's spent there, the things he's been through, the persona that he's developed. And over the years, we've really developed a really awesome friendship. And I feel like that him and I connect on a level now that is just friends. You know, I'm not trying to be cool and and make him think that I'm something I'm not. He's not trying to be something he's not. You know, we sit a lot together on the beach and just share beers and stories and, and connect on a level that, you know, I would have never guessed that I got to like enjoy somebody's company as much as I do, because I do, I love hanging out with him. I love talking story with him. I love just reminiscing with the man that, you know, at first I didn't understand. And then over the years we got to know each other. And I think that I understand him a lot better now. And we have great times, great moments. He shipwrecked there, you know, over 25 years ago and never left. And I've just, he's 67 years old now. And you know, the ups and downs of his life, I just sit back and with no judgment, just observe, listen, we chat, we explore. And he's super interested in what I'm doing. He wants to understand more about the podcasting world, about the online business world and what I'm trying to accomplish. And we just share great stories. And then, you know, Brian Friedrich's episode five, just somebody who has lived an incredible life, you know, been to prison for smuggling drugs, lives in tremendous amount of pain because of nerve damage, but somehow seems to get through every day with an amazing attitude, a presence, a peacefulness that you don't find. He hasn't gotten lost in it all. You know, he's not because, because he suffers so much neurological pain. He's not drowning himself in alcohol and drugs. He's just somebody who is at peace and in the moment with what is. And it's just really cool to be around. And then Bryce Kluklock, the, the young man who bought the surf camp founded by myself and three other partners, Zach, Jack, and Carol, um, came in, came from Iraq actually, and experienced things that I genuinely don't ever want to experience, seen things that I don't ever really want to see, and came in with his persona and his being. And I worked actually for him for a year in the transitional phase that we went through it after the sale and really got to know him well and such a beautiful man just for who he is as a person. He's not trying to be anything he's not. He's just Bryce, highly intelligent, highly creative, highly motivated, and just is and has some funny little quirks that I think we all love and appreciate and just somebody that I've learned a lot from. I've seen grow as well in this experience of trying to tackle a business in an unfriendly environment at times where we're always kind of the gringos and we're always the money sign, the dollar sign, the way for someone to make a quick buck, take advantage of. And he's navigated through the environment eloquently. And I really feel lucky to have been part of it in some way. And then Don Gomez, episode seven, you know, somebody I sit late nights with, at his hotel in Nicaragua and just hear stories about his days as a war correspondent in Vietnam and Angola. And he tells stories about being a documentary filmmaker 
and the characters he's encountered in Hollywood because he is well-connected at this point. He is of note within the Hollywood circles and now just lives on the beach in a small fishing village and is trying to still just uncover stories of injustices that go on around the world through either documentary film or articles that he continues to write freelance and somebody who just has a persona that is larger than life and can entertain you for hours. And then moving on to some of the, the characters I've captured around the world. You know, I flew to Israel, actually. I literally flew to Israel to capture a story. A young man I met when I was actually in first grade, Tim Crossland, and an intriguing character from the start, somebody that I was drawn to, somebody that I found interesting, somebody who you could tell wasn't necessarily comfortable in his skin at that point in his life. And then I lost touch with him. And then thank God for Facebook where we were able to reconnect. And I got to see a little bit via Facebook what he was doing. And I reached out and we, I contacted him. We had a conversation on Skype and he's living in Israel and he's found the man of his dreams. And he's started a life for himself that after hearing the trials and tribulations he had gone through, growing up in foster care in California, growing up with drug addict and alcoholic parents and grandparents, and realizing that everybody has a story. Everybody has something that drives them, that shapes them, that changes them, that sometimes they can't control. And as a young man, being drawn into the foster care system, a system that in California is not great, that is broken, and me losing touch with him from third grade all the way up to high school, not really knowing much about him. And then him coming back to high school and still really not reconnecting with him. But then reconnecting later in life after he's gone through the ups and downs that life has to offer. And finding out that we have so much in common and we have so many things that we share and so many things about life that we love. It's just been beautiful and motivating for me to get to fly to Israel and not just have a conversation with him, but meet his husband, see how he lives, see how he's moving through life now. It's absolutely wonderful, you know, and not to leave out any of the women that have really impacted this podcast and impacted me. You know, I know I touched upon Annie Reinhardt's my ex-girlfriend, but, but there's been so many others that I've encountered that keep me going, keep me excited, keep me motivated. You know, like Crystal Romano, episode 12, just through a serendipitous moment in Nicaragua, finding out that she's a digital nomad and I'm striving to be a digital nomad and her being intrigued by my business and what I'm trying to accomplish online and inviting me to create contact content for her new startup that she's working with. And then us formulating a really cool friendship where I'm learning so much about what it is to be a digital nomad and how that little niche works within the travel industry and within the living industry and like how to navigate that sort of path through the world as a digital nomad making money online. It's been really cool, completely different walk of life than I ever would have expected. And then, you know, the casual like contact from uh, Nick and Teresa, Nick was actually in Bali he was with his girlfriend and they're sailing around the world. And he found me on YouTube through surf progression techniques, 
really liked the videos I was producing, reached out for some surf advice. I found out what he was doing and invited him on the show. And then I got another great episode of a, a couple who, you know, sold everything back in England, decided to buy a boat, go after their dreams, try something new, not be the couple that, you know, at age 70 realized that life had passed them by and they never really went out and hiked Everest or camped in the way they wanted or sailed in the way they wanted or done the things they wanted. And so instead of waiting till then, they decided to sell everything. He was a dentist. He sold his business. She was doing something else and they just decided to go for it at this moment in time. And it's been really cool just to hear these types of people going after it, moving towards that lifestyle that they've always wanted. And then an old friend came into my life again, just like Tim Crossland did, episode 19, Marshall Lally, who again, just somebody is doing something incredible. He's diving with very dangerous sharks, but trying to show the world that sharks have a unfair stigma. They're They've been, unfortunately, due to movies like Jaws, judged in an unfair way. And he's out there diving with them. Tiger sharks specifically are his biggest passion and photographing them without a cage at the bottom of the ocean in the Bahamas, I believe he goes to, and just gets the most beautiful shots of himself, you know, touching them like animals, like little puppy dogs where he's scratching their chins and they're swimming right up to him and it's just absolutely incredible. And then some random ones that came my way, you know, uh, fans of Misfits and Rejects contacted me saying, hey, you have to interview this guy. I met him recently and I was in Zimbabwe and I just found his story to be absolutely incredible. You know, Rusty Labushang, episode 22, um, a, a female by the name of Sam, I forget her last name, contacted me, said I just met him and his daughter in Zimbabwe. He's got an incredible story. Reach out to him. Find, get his story, which I did. And it was like for me again in the top five, you know, a, a gentleman who spent 10 years in Zimbabwe prison for a crime he didn't commit. He was accused of murder. He was sentenced to, I think, 15 years for murder. The gentleman he supposedly murdered was still alive during his sentencing, was starting a family after he had been in jail for multiple years, was walking around with his wife and daughter for multiple years and he spent 10 years in prison and within the first four though found something within himself found something that i think a lot of people strive for in this world whether you call it enlightenment whether you call it peace of mind whether you call it forgiveness which is what he calls it where he found as he describes true forgiveness for the people who incarcerate him he missed out on a big portion of his child children's development they're kind of formatory years as young adults to be a part of, to help guide, he was stuck in prison. And in the end, he came out smiling. He came out peaceful. He came out forgiving of his incarcerators and of just the acceptance of what life had to deal, the cards that he was dealt under the circumstances that he found himself in. And Another incredible story that I, I find truly motivating for myself. And you know, a lot of listeners might be questioning and judging and wondering if his story was true. And I get it. You know, I, I'm not an investigative journalist. I don't go deep into a lot of these people's stories. Some of them could be false. They could be lying to me, but 
ultimately I'm just trying to help people see that no matter what circumstances you find yourself in, there are opportunities to see it in a different way. You know, if you do find yourself in prison, wrongly accused, incarcerated for a time period, that is completely, that is completely false for what you have been accused of, that you do have a choice in that moment to decide whether you want to accept it for what it is, change it, or walk away from it. And Rusty's a good example of he couldn't change his situation. He wasn't getting out of prison. He couldn't walk away from it. You know, he couldn't walk out of prison. He couldn't change it. He only had to accept it. And through that acceptance, there is a sliver, a sliver of relief of the suffering that he was going through. Because ultimately, as he describes in our episode, he talks about the mental suffering that was being caused him. There was tremendous amounts of physical suffering that never changed. You know, the, the living situations with overcrowded cells was just at points inhumane, but the psychological suffering that he was putting himself through stopped at one point, one day, one moment when he decided that he wasn't going to suffer anymore in that way. And he decided to accept his situation, situation, forgive those that had put him there and move forward. And, you know, episode 25 with legend, another one that just crept up on me. Somebody crossed my path one day who I said, I need to talk to this man. He seems switched on an older gentleman who had it all living in San Diego, very successful construction business alluded to the fact that he had millions and decided that he was going to give it all away put it into an irrevocable trust that he had no control over, bequeath it to his niece and nephew and walk out his front door with a sign that said, we'll work for food and has been living like that for the last six years and makes his way up and down Central America into the John Muir Trail from the John Muir Trail to Central America and back every year, six months and six months being a trail angel and a travel angel where he works on the John Muir Trail, collecting donations in order to, and acquisitions, acquiring things that he can donate as a travel angel in Central America to people in need and does it over and over again and has found tremendous fulfillment in that really cool story. I highly recommend you, you listen to it. And then there's, you know, episode 34 for me was a big one. Uh, John Lee Dumas, very famous podcaster within the entrepreneurial podcasting world came on kind enough to give me 15 minutes of his time, uh, which I felt very blessed to have and thankful for because it just validates for me what I'm doing. There's people out there who have made it, have been successful that want to give back, give a few tips, their thoughts, their feelings on entrepreneurship, just success in general. And just, yeah, like I said, keep me motivated, keep me inspired, keep me moving forward. Um, I do hope to monetize this. I do hope to eventually make a living off of podcasting. Um, it was never necessarily a dream of mine, but you know, misfits and rejects as a entity of some sort was, I definitely wanted to share misfits and rejects with the world in some way. And the podcast has been that vehicle and I would love to one day monetize it and make it into something that I can continue to share with the world and give it, my full attention and not have to divert my attention into other avenues to make money or whatever, just make it my full-time gig. And then there's, you know, 
there's examples of people really just taking their lifestyle design in a direction and their, their entrepreneurial spirit in a direction that is completely unexpected. And I'm talking about episode 39 with shine. You know, shine's a guy who walked into my life years ago, who is somebody that is extremely talented in everything he does. Highly intelligent, highly athletic in everything he does and great at everything he does. And somebody who kind of just moves through life at his own pace in a way that seems effortless. And Shine created P-Sticks. P-Sticks is a game that he created with his brother years ago that helps individuals get into the flow state that you hear athletes describe. And I think it's exceptional in the way that he has found a way to help people understand this sort of zone psychological moment, this flow state that people describe in a, such a simple way as, as just tossing sticks. And he's using it to try to help change the world for the better, try to help change the world to become more peaceful, to help people understand that connection you have with somebody else by just staying super present, super, super focused in the moment and tossing a stick back and forth with somebody over and over again and not thinking about anything else and just moving and flowing. And he describes it as somewhat like the matrix where all of a sudden you're so connected with this person in this movement and this dance of tossing sticks where you're starting to catch the sticks in a way that you could have never caught it had you been thinking about it. He talks about it as if you're pure consciousness, somebody who has gotten into a moment of just pure consciousness. And I like that. I strive for that. That's something I want to experience more. I experience it as a surfer. I experience it as a traveler. I experience it as an expat. This is why I am designing my life in these ways, because that flow state, that presence that I feel when I'm doing these types of things is something where I feel most alive. It's something that I get the most joy from. It's a place I want to reside at all times. And so Shine has just always been somebody that has intrigued me and somebody I was ex excited to get on the show. And then recently, you know, episode 44, you know, Yazi Rashid, somebody who is an intellect, somebody who has a PhD, somebody who left it all, who walked away, who bought a one-way ticket to Mexico with only 500 euros in her pocket, spending 250 euros on a one-way ticket to Mexico, landing and figuring out a way to make what little she had work for the last year. She found a way to work her way through Mexico down to Central America, going around from hostel to hostel, from bar to bar, offering her artistic services to get room and board and didn't really spend money, bought a few things at markets that she could sell along the way and has really just achieved something I think she might not have even expected she could achieve after spending so many years in academia, striving to become something of a professor, something of a archaeologist, something of a historical writer. And then realizing even though she loved it and she was passionate about it, she wasn't necessarily committed to doing it for the rest of her life. And she wanted something more and she walked away and she just walked away and opened up to what could happen and 
hasn't looked back and is now about to buy her first property in Nicaragua and, and figuring it out. She goes super, super cool story, super inspirational episode 44. And then finally for me, you know, episode 49, it was the most recent one. It was recommend, uh, he was recommended to me by a good friend from episode 26, Judd Dunham, another great episode. I'm really, I'm really proud of and enjoy. You know, Judd was somebody that I've always been, or is somebody that I've always been inspired by. Somebody that I bounce a lot of business ideas off of, a lot of life ideas. And so when he contacted me, he said, Hey, you have to interview my friend, uh, Nabil Amra. He's about to embark on an adventure that pales in comparison to trying to climb Everest. There's only a handful of people in the world who have ever accomplished this. And he's going to try to sail around the world solo using old techniques, no modern GPS or anything like that, old compass, sexton, star charts, maps. He's going to sail around the world. It's called the Golden Globe is the race. It's happening 2018, end of June. He's quitting his life. He has a very good job as a foreign exchange trader in Minneapolis. He has been doing it for a long time and is sick of it. He's ready to move on. He liked it for a while and has found himself to come to a point where he's not as excited about it. And now he's moving towards a different life, a life that he's ready to design in a way that he's always secretly wanted. He likes sailing. He loves sailing. He's a bit of a sailor. He's not a professional sailor. He's an amateur sailor, but he's done some pretty gnarly solo missions. Um, and he's ready to really just kick off this new phase of his life with a bang. You know, he's a 42 year old man who's just ready to give it all up for the lifestyle that he's always wanted, which is a sailing nomad, somebody who's capable of just getting on their boat and sailing away from any port into another direction and going to another place and figuring it out as he goes. And for me, that just kind of summarizes misfits and rejects. You know, people who get up and just do what they want. You know, it's not necessarily this counterculture of people that are saying like, fuck you to the man. It's, it's more just people who are peacefully just doing what they want because they're ready to do it and they want to do it. And they're making healthy choices and healthy changes in their lives. And yes, we all do it in our own way. Some people make it, make these decisions on a whim. You know, some people just, like in episode 49, Nabil was reading a sailing magazine, read that this race was going to be held for the second time in the history of the world. And within 20 minutes, he went and sent in his application and the fee, and he just decided. And then there's other people who are a little bit more calculated. You know, like Adam Monahan, episode 16, where he did more of a, a calculated approach to his starting a NGO in Nicaragua. He really gave it some forethought and tried to execute in a really healthy way. And so you have different, different people doing different things in different ways. And, you know, misfits and rejects is just about doing it, going out and doing it. And, you know, in the introduction, I kind of close my introduction with Don Gomez, who says, you know, for all your listeners out there and everything I ever did, I just went out and did it. God damn it. And, Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Go out and do it. 
you know, whatever it is you want to do. It's not going to be easy. You're not always going to have the support of the people you love the most, your family, your friends. And a lot of times they're going to be the ones who hold you back the most. But it is doable. You can achieve what you want if you go out and try and you keep trying and you keep pushing. And I hope that as I continue to move down my path, I can eventually be that that host that inspires as well with his life story of achievement. You know, I don't know if that will be the case, but I do hope that I can be a leading example for anybody who is interested in my podcast, who can say like, ah, the host lives it. He's not somebody who just talks about it. He's out there. He's mixing it up. He's trying to make it work for himself. And I am. I'm trying to make this lifestyle design thing work for me. I've done it in one way for a long time, living bare bones, living for myself, living day to day, loving it, you know, and as I've touched upon in past episodes, life has taken turns that I couldn't control. None of us can control and there will come a time and there did come a time for me where it was time to take responsibility for aspects of my life that I never really wanted to in the way that I feel like I need to primarily the financial side. You know, I can get by, but I can get by on very little and I'm happy with that. That doesn't really bother me, but a little part of me wants to be able to have that extra cushion for those I love the most and for those that I want to support in times of need when they can't support themselves. And that's where I'm at now. I want to be that guy. I want to be that person that is able to help financially when I can. And that's what I'm striving for. I'm striving for that life work balance of following my passion, growing something that I believe in, but also making the kind of compensation that I need to and want to in order to, in those times of hardship, being able to throw a little bit of extra coin at those I love in order to help and also be there for them, be able to fly in and be there to hold their hand through whatever they need to. And not have to say I can't afford to come home because I haven't made any money this year. So with that said, I just really want you all to know I love you. And I hope that what I'm doing is inspiring you, helping you in some way. And if you all have the time, I'd love to hear from you. Hear what you think about the podcast. Hear what you like, dislike. All constructive criticisms are welcome. And episode 50, folks. I'm here. I'm still going. I hope you stick with me. I'm looking forward to another hundred more and I'll see you next time and keep listening. Please subscribe to Misfits and Rejects on iTunes or any other Android podcast player, any podcast player in general. I'm going to try to get myself on Stitcher and all of them and I'm really going to give it a push. Episode 50 for me is not just a milestone that I've made it to episode 50, but it's a commitment to not only Misfits and Rejects as a passion project, but it's a commitment to you that I'm going to keep producing quality content and try to make this into something that is worth listening to every episode. So I love you. Hit me up, chapin at misfitsandrejects.com, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to... Choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new. 
to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.